Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, joined as always... By Tom Dorian. Hey, Deacon Jeff. Touchdown. My TV. friend. My hey, friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to see you. It's good to see you as well. And, you look uh, so happy today. I'm thrilled to death. Should be. Yeah, well, because we have... Brother Innocent is I in the know, house. Man. Brother Innocent in the house. If uh, He's been with us before. He's one of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. It's an exciting show. Brother Innocent, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I am so grateful to be here, as always. Very excited. And you look good, too. He hey, does thanks. Good. You know, I've been working out. I can't tell that, but I just... He's happy. Yeah, exactly. Well, you are happy, and we love to have the Friars here because we're always happy, folks. Well, we're going to talk about an important topic today, something really that you said was kind of close to your heart, Yeah. Uh, and we want to talk about this idea of authentic friendship. We throw a lot of words around these days. We talk about friends, and we're all friending people on Facebook and whatnot, and and we don't really necessarily understand what friendship is really all about, so we thought we'd take a, a little bit of time here and talk about authentic friendship. So I guess the thing to do is to start with... What is authentic friendship mean? Well, I think it's it's good to set our terms in a proper context. My in my work with young people, especially college and college and high school students, I've experienced that we've let the culture and the world kind of hijack a sense of like what friendship is, what the term means. Right. Um. You know, we have a lot of friends. Well, he's my friend, and then you see them treat each other in um, like garbage, or you know, you 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 see like the friendship on Facebook. Like, oh, I have six hundred friends on Facebook. And um, and you see people kind of use the term so informally, and and uh, you realize, um, do, and I and I realize, and I want to ask the question when they say that: Do you really know what friendship means? Right, you, and it's so easy to fall in that trap, especially you know with the internet. You you, you friend somebody, mm-hmm. and you say, "Well, I have you know, like you said, six hundred friends." I remember in the corporate world, I would get an email from somebody. Right, who was in the cubicle next to me, sure. and I used to th- I used to think it was crazy <laughs> that he would send me an email. But could, could he not just poke his head up over the little cubicle wall and say, "Hey, uh, what about this or what about that?" Sure. And it's like, no, it had to be an email. Then I had to email back, right? <laughs> exactly. And so this relationship was it was not a personal relationship. Um, we hijack friendship in the in the context that we make it less human, we make it less intimate, we make it less focused on on the true purpose and identity of what it means to be a brother and sister in Christ, what it means to live an authentic relationship with one another. And that's what I've attempted in my, in my ministry with young people to, to really communicate to them is that we really have to take back and claim back the Christian understanding. And, um, and I would even say kind of the divine understanding of what it means. Yeah. You say divine, what separates what the world would say a friendship was and what you think a divine friendship or an authentic friendship would be? Well, I think we have to start in the beginning. We have to, we have to realize that where identity, our identity comes from where our purpose in life comes from. And um, I, I, I would honestly, would, um, as the Catholic Cafe listeners would, would hopefully agree, that, that our identity and our purpose come from, from God. That right. our, our origin, we are created in the Im- image and likeness of God, and everything we are is oriented to that. Right. And, um, and I believe that friendship, um, talking about friendship, um, we have to put it in this context, that um, we understand who we are as humans, we understand who we are as um, in context and relationship with one another. When we when we um, when we understand that we we were we were created by God and we were created to love one another in that context. And so my my friends on Facebook, when it's when you take God out of that, 
and you, you might you make it this kind of technology human concept, there can no there cannot be really a truly authentic relationship. I think everybody would totally agree with that. You're saying we have to have that gold standard of what really what it means to have a friendship. Exactly. And God and, was the ultimate example of, of the friend. Yeah. And and God created us to, to live in this authentic friendship, first with himself, and then uh, um, then the the true gospel meaning of loving God and loving neighbor. I mean, Jesus says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we were speaking before the show. Like, this this is the message of Christianity, and it's simple. Right. I mean, we can sell this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it, you know, Christianity doesn't necessarily have to be really complicated, like kind of pie-in-the-sky kind of things. It can be like, no, we, if you want to live an authentic friendship, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. And this is this is the context where we see friendship, you know. And and I and I, I kind of start with the concept of of how, how do we live in con- how do we live in, with in an intimate relationship with the Lord? How can this be? And especially when we have a long history, of like a long phil- philosoph- philosophical history of, if you go back to Aristotle or some of the early philosophers, they truly believed that we couldn't really know God. That right. God was kind of distant and other. He was the ultimate other. Yeah. Right. And we could never have any kind of real communion with him. Exactly. And although he did exist and he was the, you know, the, the creator and the, 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 the God who, the God of order, the God who created everything. Right. The, the, the watchmaker that, uh, yeah. that made the watch wound it up and sort of let it go. And there's an extreme reverence for him. He re- but, but they still realized that we could not commune with the Lord because, you know, the, the definition of friendship is, is people with two like natures who live in a communion. And so they, they really believe that there was this utter distance. And then I think the genius of Christianity is the incarnation. Right. Is that where God became man. You know, and if you think about this, all other religions, with due respect, all other religions, Islam, you know, um, if you think of Buddhism, you think of Hinduism, um, all other religions is about you know, man's journey to God, which, which is honorable. Right. But the only religion is, that talks about God's journey to man is Christianity. Right. Where this other becomes man. And he reveals himself, the only religion where God becomes man. God comes to man. And if you think, you think about that, what an incredible gift. Obviously, that answers the age-old problem of, well, how can you relate to this other that we have no connection with, right? Either physically or spirit in any way, we can't really understand, we can't comprehend, we can't touch, we can't feel this other God. And so God says, I got it all, I got it all covered. I, it I know what to do. Here, this is what I'm going to do. This is the gift I give you, the incarnation. And, he, and, he be, and Jesus becomes man, and then everything makes sense. I mean, and you think about the beauty of that is like, then... God has a sacred heart. He has a human heart where he reveals himself to you. And then you can know him. You can love him. You can live this communion. And what an awesome example of friendship. Yeah. Right? He is a, he's the friend that died for us. I mean, that's the ultimate friend. Laying down your life. Yeah. He's the, he's the friend that was merciful. He's the friend that, you know, was constantly aware of our needs, our sufferings, our, the fact that, that we need a com- someone we can live in communion, that we're loved, we're wanted, we're affirmed. And Jesus did this for us. And, and you, you mentioned that the age-old um, you know, co- concept of, like, you know, God is totally other. Um, you know, I, I hope you would agree. It's, it's funny how that even seeps in now. Even you can sit in, 
you know, some in the, in the pews in some churches where people would say, well, you know, like I still, can't, you know, God is still something very far out here. Like, and that's what the devil wants, right? Exactly. The yeah. devil wants you to despair. We're convinced, like, oh well, I've, well, I've never encountered God. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like he's he's far away. He doesn't care about me. And and you you experience all the suffering in your life, and you're like, well, God doesn't care. You know, he's far away. And and that's the temptation that we think God that God does not want to be friends with us. Mm-hmm. That we can't hear his voice. He's far away. And I, and I believe that that this is the if we're going to understand what it means to live in authentic human relationships, I truly believe um, that we first have to understand how, why we're created in the image and likeness of God. And what's that mean? Well, it, it gives our own friendships with others, our human friends, right? It gives them a purpose. A purpose. And a meaning. Exactly. And something beyond just getting something out of a relationship. Because if you have a, a merely human relationship, what's it going to be like? You're, you're, you're going to be it's, – it's, it's totally focused on yourself. Well, what, what can you do for me? Right. You know, it's like the, the term philosophically is utility, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a utility relationship. Well, I, we're friends, but when it comes down to it, like, what are you going to do for me? Exactly right. You know, and, 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 and how can you live like that? I mean, you know, you, you both. I've done actually pretty well. But the idea no, is, exactly that, right. is that living in a family, like, how would a family work if we were constantly, it was always about me? Sure. Right. Or how would it, how would religious life work if it was constantly like, okay, well, I'll do this for you, but what about what are you going to do for me? And those kinds of relationships, they they necessarily end. They'll yeah. either end at death or sometimes even before death because there's nothing, there's no meat there, there's no reality there. But then a friendship with God is an eternal friendship. Exactly. And this eternal friendship puts everything in perspective. Yeah. You know, and once we encounter the living Lord, the, the Lord of the incarnation that comes to us, and He gives us a perspective where not only are we loved by Him that he is utterly merciful, that we are accepted as we are, not because we're perfect, not because we look a certain way, not because I'm good at sports. Not, you know, I, I always talk to the kids about God doesn't love you because you're good at football. God doesn't love you because you, you know, have all the cool clothes. You have all the, you know, you have the girlfriend or whatever. You know, think or you're successful, have a lot right. of money. God loves you because you're his. Yeah. You know, God loves you because you're his son, your daughter, and his daughter, and he desires to live in authentic communion with you. And if we, if, if we could just understand this, and I realize, and I realize even kind of thinking about um, this, this, this radio show, that, that this, is, this is kind of a radical thing. I mean, what we're asking people is, you know, to, you know, we're kind of calling and challenging people on to say, okay, you really want to love your husband, your wife? Do, we really, do you really want to love the brother next to you? Then it has to start with God. Right. I'm calling you, we're calling people out to say, hey, listen, it has to start with this fundamental relationship that God is real, he loves you, and your life only makes sense in context. When they asked Jesus what the greatest commandment was, right, they, they asked for one. They just wanted one, and he gave them two because they're inseparable. If you, they're inseparable. If you got to love God, and you have to love your neighbor as yourself. Exactly. And if you can't love God, you can't love your neighbor. And, you know, and some people try to say, you know, like... Like I'm just I'm just going to love God and I'm going to go say my prayers and do my novenas and 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 kind of you kind of have this isolationism where you're like I, you know the the world you, sometimes you're bitter you know like the world I've been hurt too many times I'm just going to go and do my own thing well that's not an authentic Christianity either because your love with the Lord has to bear fruit you know Amen. like love between a between a husband and wife has to bear fruit and that that's what love does and so when we love the Lord it has to bear fruit that's why the two go together. So when we talk about friendship, this is the context that we must kind of reclaim um, for our, our, our Christian culture and 
the foundation of our society. Well, wonderful. Now that we know what the ultimate friendship is, right, that friendship of God with his, with his children, with his people, now let's talk about what it is to be a friend, a true and authentic friend to another human being here on this earth in this life that we live. And before we do that, I do want to remind people at home that we have a website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. And also, I'd love to have you email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Just imagine what it would have been like to sit at the feet of one of the twelve and hear the gospel proclaimed firsthand from someone who saw, touched, walked, and talked with the Lord Jesus himself. This is just what St. Polycarp did as a student of St. John, the last of the beloved apostles to die. St. Polycarp was Bishop of Smyrna and a very holy man. As a member of the second generation of church leaders, he faced many new challenges, challenges even the original 12 apostles did not face. There were many early heresies, challenges to the truth of Christ and the authority of the church. But above all, St. Polycarp was a man of God, and he faced these challenges head-on his entire life. He was a beacon of truth for the early church. The heretic Marcion, who taught error about the nature, existence, and relationship of good and evil, matter and spirit, challenged St. Polycarp, demanding he recognize his heretical sect. Recognize us, Polycarp, he demanded. St. Polycarp responded, I recognize you, yes, I recognize the son of Satan. St. Polycarp was to give his life in service to the Church, just as his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. A very early document, The Martyrdom of Polycarp, tells the heroic story of his death. When in his 80s, St. Polycarp was arrested, he was offered the opportunity to save his own life if he would simply swear his allegiance to Caesar. To this request, St. Polycarp answered, If you imagine that I will swear by Caesar, you do not know who I am. Let me tell you plainly, I am a Christian. It was ordered that St. Polycarp be burned at the stake. As the fire was lit, witnesses heard a long and beautiful prayer uttered from the mouth of the saint. In part, they heard, Lord God Almighty, I bless you for having made me worthy of this day and this hour. I bless you because I may have a part, along with the martyrs, in the chalice of your Christ. As St. Polycarp said amen, his captors stoked the fire. But it is reported that the fire did not burn him. It miraculously formed an arch around him, causing him to resemble what the martyrdom document says was gold and silver glowing in a furnace. They finally had to stab him to death. St. Polycarp's feast day is February 23rd. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. Still sitting here with Brother Innocent. Uh, Brother Innocent is one of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. Uh, and uh, he is uh, generously, dis- you know, in his busy schedule, has taken time out, Tom, to be with us here. He is a busy guy. 
He's he's extremely busy guy, and we're so happy to have. They're had. like rock stars when they show up. Yeah, exactly. Everybody wants a piece of them. But they're the most humble rock stars. I know they are. Oh, yeah. I know oh, they yeah. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. And we're moving on. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So, Brother Innocent, we just talked about what it is to have a relationship with God and how important that is. And so now I have this wonderful relationship with God. I know that God loves me to the point of death, Amen. right? That Amen. he would take on flesh. He would die for me and understand what it is now to have that relationship with God. I pray now. I spend time uh, before the Blessed Sacrament. I now have let God into my life, and I'm a friend to God, and I believe that. What does that necessarily do, or how does that affect my relationships with other people? How does that affect my relationship with Tom here, or anybody I might meet? As I said, um, when we when we have this this intimate relationship with the Lord, and um, and this is the center of your life. This is as it's the center of our, of Christianity to to live in communion with the God who loves us. What's what's really beautiful about that, as I mentioned, it's it's going to bear fruit. That's a given. That's um, it, you like St. Paul talks about the fruits of the Holy Spirit. If, right. if a relationship is uh, if a relationship is of God, Galatians five, there'll be love, joy, peace, perseverance. Right. So you're, you're going to start seeing these fruits in your life, and I mean it's and the gift of this of friendship is that it's going to be if it's rooted in the Lord, it's going to you're going to experience the peace and the joy that you've never experienced before. Now, what I, what I, the challenge that I give myself and I, and I, and I give the young people when, when I speak with them is because God has given us such a dignity um, as, as his friends and he's called us in this relationship, everything we do, every word we say matters. Right. So if I'm going to be – if I'm a friend of God and I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ and, and disciple and friend are kind of you know, are joined together there. Everything I do matters. You know, so if you're a husband or you're a wife, you're consecrated, you're, you're, you're a young person, everything you do matters. So when I'm in the friary and it's just a normal day and I'm you know, spending time with the brothers, if I'm letting this relationship bear fruit in my life, when I walk by the brother in the hallway, it matters that I look him in the eye and greet him and to help him know that he's loved and wanted. And again, that's not just some action. That you perform as if you're like checking things off. Yeah, did I, or like we, going through the motion. Right. Yeah. Yeah, did I talk to Brother Rock today? Did I talk to yeah. brothers? Yeah. It's, it's really you actually care. And you actually know that it, it is a working of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, and, and you two are fathers and you know, like when you get home, like your kids know, you know, whether when you look at him and you say, I'm proud of you and you give him a hug, the smallest things matter. Mm-hmm. And what's beautiful, we understand that friendship is about these things, the big and the small that you can, you're communicating the love that's in your heart that's real. And so it's in the small things that matter. Showing people that they're loved and affirmed. And I've, you know, you walk by, you know, people in the street. And I live in New York. And, and I, you know, we always joke around that people don't know how to, you know, look people in the eye. Right. <laughs> and I walk by people and I, you want to pull, you want to pull their earphones out. And I'm like, hi, You're like, I'm another human being. Have we met? <laughs> you know, like, and be like, hi, this is people skill. Well, let's, I say hi to you, you say hi to me, you know, and this is how this works, you know, but this context that they, people don't really understand. What that is a challenge. That's a huge challenge today because I mean, exactly. we've, we've all kind of gotten comfortable with our little world. Right. But then if you stop and think about it from the very earliest times, let's look at the scriptures way back when. Be fruitful and multiply. God didn't want to just have a couple of people. He wanted there to be lots of people, and he wanted us to live in community. And our life only makes sense in community. Right. You know, some people might might say, maybe you're listening to this, or I've given some talks before on this. They're like, well, you know, I mean, come on, small things, come on. I mean, you know, do they really matter? And I would say yes. You know, like words matter. 
Well, although sometimes it's what you don't say. Exactly. When we're, when we're living this authentic friendship with, with the Lord and with others, like we, we, begin to live a, uh, we begin to be a witness in a whole different way. Our lives, our actions, our words. And, um, and I guess I bring up the words because I think words are powerful. You know, Jesus, Jesus is the word and became flesh, like in the incarnation. Right. And, you know, I think living in community, like sometimes we use our words to hurt people. You know, like negative humor and, and these things that can take away can be obstacles to friendship. Yeah, let's talk about some of those obstacles. What are the things that are going to get in our way? What is it that keeps us from being authentic friends with others? Well, I mean, like, like we already mentioned, like where, where, we, where we, fail to, we fail to realize our dignity. We fail to realize that, that actions do matter. Words do matter. And um, we, we, we don't take seriously our, our, our true understanding of, of living in this human family. And um, so I think that that's the, we have to have this foundation of understanding that everything we do matters. And we, when we take advantage of that, we can live our life in a very shallow, unhuman way. Um, and, and, and another big part of that is um, in the tech, technology generation. Um, we get so we get so wrapped up in technology, cell phones, things like that. It takes us away from right. these relationships. That's the truth. Oh, absolutely. And I, in the Drzymski household, trust me, when we eat dinner, when we go out to eat or whatever, I will point to other tables and say, now, kids, do you see that family over there? They're not really a family. You know, I don't want to accuse them and call oh, them sure, out and sure. judge them. I would never do that. But I do want my kids to understand that when you see a family of like four or five or six people sitting over there and no one's talking to each other, right? The dad's watching the, the, the game on the television that's at, a, at, yeah. the, at the sports bar or wherever we are, you know, eating wings or whatever. The mom's so, on the cell phone. That's the right. All are... the kids are all texting and or using the little the games. And I'm all for technology. Sure, I've got sure. the iPhone. We have a, a big screen TV at home that we watch movies on. Sure, sure. We, we uh, spend time. The kids will have video games. And there's a time and place for, for all that. of that. Sure, exactly. But we never, never, never can lose sight of community, that sense of family, the sense of the true, uh, authentic relationship with one another. And, and, you got, and parents like yourself and Bess understand is that, is that while these things like Internet and technology are good things, but they don't define us. Right. And they don't teach us about God. They don't teach us about um, you know, the foundation and the purpose of our life. They can help. You know, technology, and I know, like, there's some there's some great tech, you know, apps for scripture and apps like all these things, right. you know. Mm-hmm. But but the idea is is that it's only in human relationships, just human, you know, this divine and uh, human relationships that we can really understand who we are. I do know there's another kind of uh, obstacle that always seems to get in the way. And ever since the Garden of Eden, there's always been this problem with selfishness, this idea of pride, this idea that what's in it for me. We've talked a little bit about that, but let's talk a bit more about that that idea of selfishness and how that affects our friendships. Well, one of the the struggles i got to say and humbly say of my generation is that we're very me-centered. We are a me-centered generation, and sometimes it's so ingrained you, you realize that. It's not just your generation. Yeah. You know? yeah. well, Some maybe. of us who are beyond the age of suspicion, uh, as sure. I heard a brother say one time <laughs> about somebody I love dearly, you know, I will, uh, I will say that uh, it's all of us have that. that we all suffer from that, that potential to sort of always be looking like, what will I get out of this? Exactly, and it's, it's all about me. It's all about, um, you know, what, what I, like you said, what I can get out of it or, you know, moving, moving and shaking the pieces so I look good or this has a good reflection on me. But I guess the challenge is, is that when it's all about me, how can I truly love my friend? How can I truly love the husband, the wife, the brother? Um, and, and, that's, and that's, I think, what, what a true remedy can be mm. is how do we battle the selfishness? Well, we have to, we have to understand 
that that only that, that God in the incarnation in Jesus teaches us how to battle the selfishness. Yeah. It's this giving your life. It's this laying humility. down your life. Yeah. Humility, um, understanding, and I think I think this is a is a key part for parents teaching their children that you know that to give of yourself is it, it brings great joy to lay right. down your life. You know, and I, you know that's why it's such a gift to serve the poor. It's because the poor can't give back, and I think we really these relationships we can get in where we we give of ourselves without counting the cost. Yeah. And, and I think off, friendship, real friendship can be born when we have to give of ourselves totally um, and, and, not, and not count the cost, not expect anything back. Um, and that takes practice, not going to lie. It, takes, it can take a long time, um, but we have to be willing to invest and to realize that we battle pride by just by surrendering, um, by, by denying ourselves and realizing that to bear fruit, to, be, to, to live an authentic friendship, that, that it's worth it. And uh, it, it's, it's possible. And what's beautiful about that is that you don't have to, once you've gotten to that stage, you, don't lo- you no longer have to defend it. Exactly. You don't have to, no longer have to proclaim that we are friends or whatever. Yeah. It's just, you're genuine. And what's amazing to me as a, as a father uh, of nine kids is I can, my, my kids know when I'm genuine. Sure. Right? Exactly. They sense it. I don't have to say, I really mean this, kids. Yeah. I don't have to do that. They know when I'm serious. They know when I'm genuine. And they know that I love them. And I, and I don't have to keep explaining why because they sense it, not only in my words but in my actions because they sense that genuine love. Right, and that's and I think that's a true reflection is what you're saying of the love of Jesus for us, of God for His people. And as a father, you can communicate that to your kids. It's bearing fruit by the fact that you love them and you sacrifice for them, and they know it. And just to maybe kind of wrap this up, I what I, what's beautiful I kind of spoke on is that words are very important, but also time, also you know what's what, what I think is really beautiful that a context or a concept that we've lost is that we just don't know how to spend quality time with each other. You know, sometimes we're so busy and so hurried, like you said, you right. know, like, you know, families, you, you, you touch on this with families and things like that. You know, dad's doing this and mom's doing that and kids are. Oh, taking, look at all the commercials. They're all about how quick can you make dinner, yeah. pop it in the microwave and quick. And you know, all these things are down and dirty and the fastest we can get through those mundane things of life when those exactly. are really the joys of life. And exactly. And I think I think the restore friendship is that we got to slow down. We have to understand what it means to spend true quality time with each other. And, and John Paul II, when they when they encountered John Paul II, they said that when you met John Paul II, he had a, such an understanding of authentic friendship that you felt like you were the only person in the world. Mm. He looked in your eyes and you knew you were loved, and he would he would spend as much time as you wanted. Like he was there because he loved you, or he he knew that God loved you and he was there for you. And that I think that's the that that's friendship. Amen. Well, uh, Brother Innocent, thank you so much for spending this time with us here in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. Thanks so much for telling us all about authentic friendship. I'm grateful. Thank you. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all the gifts you've given us. We thank you for the gift of friendship. We ask you to help us to live as Jesus lived, to lay down our lives for our friends, uh, and to totally give all of ourselves to each other in a truly humble and unselfish way. We ask all this in your Son's name, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.